You're listening to episode 167 of the 360 Vegas Podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. I've got you. The golden years of Vegas are back at the Palazzo Theater. Frank, the man, the music, starring world-renowned impressionist Bob Anderson and a live 32-piece orchestra saluting the most famous entertainer ever, Frank Sinatra. See the show that Tony Bennett calls a perfect night, like seeing Sinatra at his best. Frank, the man, the music, now appearing at the Palazzo Theater. Get your tickets now at Venetian.com. Stay tuned because later in the show we'll announce who will get to see Frank for free. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a camel. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Setlist FM, Scott. Are you familiar? I'm not at all. All right. So, are you an avid concert goer? I am. I'm not an avid anything really, but concerts is probably not high on that list. Well, I mean, you are a jack of all trades, but that's that's what that's what draws me to you. <laughs> all right. So, I apparently am in the minority because I'm a I'm a big fan of knowing what the setlist is before I go to see the band. And the reason I even bring this up is, Karen and I are going down to New Orleans next weekend to go see Noel Gallagher perform and I'm really psyched about it because I don't even know if you know who Noel Gallagher is he's he's no one. doesn't he smash watermelons with the giant I think I saw him at the golden no, nugget no don't hysterical you, don't what? you dare <laughs> no who? Noel Gallagher what? is oh. one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis he's the one that wrote all the songs or at least the majority of the songs he's he's kind of the creative influence Liam was basically the voice although he did start writing towards the end and, and he was starting to come up with some with some good stuff but Noel's been solo for two albums now and there is a rumor whether it's accurate or not I mean you and I are quite familiar with rumors when it comes to what what we do but there is a rumor that Oasis may be getting back together so I'm really excited to be able to see this because it's just Noel and it's just you know his his two albums worth of work so I'm super psyched about it so Setlist FM. I jumped on uh, online to get the setlist, so I know what they're going to play. I get you know create an iTunes playlist. I enjoy the hell out of it. But had the idea that I'm like I can't be in in the minority here, and so I went to Twitter and I am vastly in the minority of people who who want to know what songs the performer they're going to go see is going to perform. What, yeah, that's an odd hobby to have. You don't, so so of the few concerts you go to, that that wouldn't be something you'd be interested in knowing the set list before you go see them. I try to stick to bands who are only going to play what I what I know they're going to play. That's the only reason they exist. Okay. So anything from the from the eighties, by now they've pretty much got it set, and they do the same songs over and over. So there's no mystery about what they're going to play. See, if, if Duran Duran doesn't play Rio, I'm out. <laughs> That is a fair argument, but I'm one of those fans that 
I, I know the deep tracks. So whenever I, I find out, like, holy shit, they're playing a B-side from 1997. This is going to be amazing. So that's why I like I like seeing stuff like that. I like I know all the songs that I've ever seen Oasis perform. But here here's the really cool thing about this. Other than finding out that I wasn't that that I'm in the minority of people who want to know these. Tim from Five Hundred. Uh, I, I reached out to him because I know he's an avid concert goer, and uh, asked him as well as Dave Lifton. Like, come on, you you guys have got to like this too. And they did agree that at least in some cases they like to know it. But but Tim brought up something else that changed my week. He said what he's doing is he's using this setlist FM to find out the setlist from all the concerts or various concerts that he really enjoyed so he could get the setlist to to re-enjoy them. And that is all I've been doing. I'm literally reliving moments. I can literally remember where I was sitting, what was going on when I saw Oasis for the first time at the Palace Theater in Columbus, Ohio. I have that set list. I remember what was going on at that time. I'm oh, it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week. You were a strange, strange man. Fascinating, but strange. What? The great thing about Oasis when they get back together is when they break up 15 minutes later, you'll be able to re relive that too. Absolutely right. Oh, I mean, any, any Oasis fan has enjoyed the, the many uh, breakups that this band has gone through. But <laughs> No, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, thanks for doing Can we get back to Vegas? Yes, sir. Yes, let's start about Vegas. Ah. Such, I don't know. I, I, I would love concerts if nobody else was there. I, I experienced some kind of frustration like that when I saw Bruno Mars at Cosmopolitan. I, I would have much rather preferred the majority of the people around me were not there. But <laughs> let, yes, let's talk about Vegas. But before we do anything, I have to once again clean the egg off my face because I fell for yet another fucking April Fool's joke. The Lynx mini golf story that I reported on two weeks ago. That is bullshit. That is not real. And I bought... See, here's what pisses me off about you, is you got me with this like two or three times before. I'm like, well, he's reporting it. The man is a quality news organization. It's got to be real. And I fucking hook, line, and sinker buy into this stuff. And I know you think it's a it's a great a, a compliment for someone to really believe the stories you write, but I, I, I simultaneously love and want to choke you. I know, I know. I thought that was a pretty good one because um, our friend Becca from Vegas Chatter, yes. we had talked about doing a, a mutual April Fool's joke. Uh, we couldn't kind of land on any one thing leading up to it. But um, I was impressed because I fell for that one the same way you did because I rely on Vegas Chatter so much for, for information right. that I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. If it sounds a little wonky, I'm like, yeah, but they, you know, they're consistent. She's and they're, a fact checker. And totally forgetting it's April 1st, even though I'm the one putting out, a, you know, five to ten April Fool's stories that day. So she got me, too. So, it's so inappropriate, Scott. I just want to say that. It's so inappropriate. I, I, I trust you for quality news. You well, I shared like an image today on Twitter related to the Mayweather, Mayweather Pacquiao fight uh, that someone had defaced uh, one of their ads that was talking about ne Nepal. Google it to put things in perspective. That was uh, not an actual uh, defaced bus. So just giving you a heads up. Before well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> The problem is, is I've been drinking, and the odds are I won't remember. So then I'll be like, holy shit, did you hear what happened? And all of our listeners will immediately tweet him like, you idiot, Scott told you that wasn't real. Like, god damn it, Scott. All right, Have so you introduced me 
Yeah, what? what Have uh, I not? People don't even know who I am. They're just like, oh, I gotta it seems know like who a you are. You're interesting Scott? version of that other guy. You, you know what's so funny? It, it, this is so funny, man. We, you and I were just chatting offline about this uh, a little bit ago. Like, Brian and I constantly say that we have something of a bromance, and, and I, I tried to apply that term to you and I, but it, it's not really like an, like a, an, an adoration towards one another as, as much as it is very brotherly. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't fucking wait to hang out with Scott. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I just can't wait to catch up with him. I, I, I don't know what it is. I literally look at you as a brother. Me too. I mean, we when we hang out, I'm amazed at how much we agree about, and your enthusiasm about my town is contagious. So, when, whenever we talk about Vegas, I get excited about Vegas again. All right, well, let's do it. Let's start the show. For those of you who aren't aware, Brian is away on some business. He's he's a savvy, uh, worldly man. So Scott from Vital Vegas, also known as at Dribble Glass, is so graciously filling in once again, and and he is the man in which. I refer to as my brother. Thank you once again for being able to fill in. And as my brother, I'm, I can now borrow your clothes, right? I, I thought that was like Perk 101. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll be awkward when we're in Vegas. Like, Scott, I only brought enough to wear while I was here. Like, going, all right, all right, brother, whatever you want to fucking wear. <laughs> all right, let's start the show then. Uh, let's start with Random Vegas. How about that? All right. Brought to us by you at Vital Vegas. <laughs> Takate paid $5.6 million to be the official beer sponsor of the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. What is it like there? I think the last time we did a show, pretty much everything I said was, was borderline racist. But in this case, <laughs> the complexion of Las Vegas has changed overnight. There are There is a huge uh, African-American presence yeah. that I have not seen in Vegas since the All-Star, uh, what do you call that thing? Oh, yeah, the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's leading to the police freaking out. It's leading to these ridiculously kind of price gougy prices oh, at, at a lot of the garages because they're really nervous about, um, I mean, Vegas has this long history of kind of racist <laughs> behavior. <laughs> right. But to me, it's kind of still being echoed. Like, everybody freaks out when, right, right. you know, people are coming to town. They're just here to have a good time. But there's this huge kind of, the police are freaking out. The, all the all the venues are freaking out. Like, they think, they think it's just going to be a big meltdown. Yeah, for some reason, white dudes like you and I can get really loud when we get drunk and nobody's concerned about that. <laughs> but bring some black guys in who are having a good time getting loud everybody gets nervous yeah i mean i've met some some amazing uh people downtown they have a lot of uh ideas about how the fight's gonna go they have a lot of kind of loyalty to their to their respective camp right. but it's a it is definitely a, a crazy time in vegas and, and specifically related to this beer sponsorship it was interesting because they um uh, the, the fight folks built a tent downtown and I saw that. a plot next to the park on Fremont uh-huh. and they made there was this big deal about Paps Blue Ribbon having this new neon sign down there so the the Mayweather folks built this kind of scaffold around it and totally covered up <laughs> the, the, this beautiful neon set well not beautiful but it's a neon sign so because of the conflict with this um, <laughs> That is clever, you gotta admit. (laughs) So, does this feel, how long have you been in Vegas, by the way? 
uh, 10 or 12 years or so. All right, so I don't even know if there have been. Has there been another big fight like this in that in that time period? Well, not, nothing can really come close to this. There have been big fight nights, right. and it does tend to send the room rates up. Of and course. It, it's very crowded. Uh, but this is kind of a, a thing of its own. It kind of has its own uh, momentum. Does it kind and of it, feel like an end just, of an era? I mean, because the, uh, Vegas used to be, that's where all the big major fights are. And now uh, professional boxing has kind of tapered off into almost obscurity. Well, I wish that were true. No? <laughs> I'm not. I, I just like uh, anything related to sports. To me, this has been a talking point just because it's been... You know, it's pretty much 24/7 right. people talking about it, and right. and it is an, it's an interesting kind of the story behind it is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't know that anybody uh, they knew it'd be big, but I don't think anybody expected it oh, to be no this way. big. No, not at all. Uh -uh. Yeah. So let's hope there's a clear victory that they both retire and boxing can go back into obscurity. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That was your longest random Vegas trivia item ever. What are you talking about, sir? You and I enjoy, me and Brian enjoy conversation whenever it strikes us. We don't Ooh. care. <laughs> Ultimately, Scott, this is a conversation between you and I that's being recorded. People are fortunate enough that I share it with them. Wait, this is being recorded? What no, 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 no. You signed the waiver, Scott. Believe me, my <laughs> lawyers are all over this shit. <laughs> I take back everything I said about the cops freaking out. They're all over it. That this was for, for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> and it's the Vegas Mate Review of the Week. Yes, this week's review is Ncastle 11's April 20th review of Yardhouse at Link. He gave it five out of five chips. Why don't you read that for us? This was our first Vegas meal on our latest trip. We had no expectations going in. We were just staying nearby, and it caught our eye. Wow, we were blown away. There were two of us. <laughs> We had a few appetizers, and each ordered an entree and a few drinks. We were seated on the roof, which is a great space. We will definitely return here. There were many things on the menu I still want to try. Excellent selection, excellent service, and great beer selection. Cannot wait to return. So good things about the uh, yard house at the link. I'm a big fan of it as well. That's why we're incorporating it into 360 Vegas Vacation, too. I, I, I'm a fan of link, and I'm a fan of yard house at link. Yes, I, I quite enjoyed it myself. And it's time for our twit pick of the week. It's the end of an era. The Riviera is closing. It's got some great mob history. Liberace was their resident performer. And hell, it was one of the properties Danny Ocean and crew originally robbed. True, she isn't the property she used to be, but who the fuck does the circus circus clown think he is, he or she is, by mockingly waving goodbye in the property's reflective exterior, no less, brilliantly captured by at JL Shield. Now, I'm putting the word out now. 500 grand for this clown dead, a million alive, so I can teach him some manners first. Now, for those of you that I'm now extremely disappointed in because I have to clarify this for legal reasons, that was not a real proposition. It was a quote from The Dark Knight. Thank you for being the person who ruined this joke. I'm just, I'm a little resentful that you would have me on the show and the twit pick of the week is not one of my pictures. <laughs> Scott, it's it's everybody's got to have their turn. It's Whenever. got as always, we'll link to it in our blog, put it on our Facebook, um, no, our Flickr and Pinterest page, yeah, feature it on our Facebook and Google Plus page, make it our Twitter header as well as the enhanced version of our podcast. All those. 
Next week, tweet pick of the week, pretty much a sure thing. One of Scott's photos. Oh, wow, he's wow. calling it. Look at you, Babe Ruth in it. I'm going to share a ton of Riviera pictures, man. I, I did a thorough uh, stroll through to say goodbye. So well, you definitely know I'm how to tug sure. at the heartstrings. So that's, I don't know. It sounds like uh, yeah, this might be skewing your way, buddy. <laughs> and now for the news. Support the show and look cool doing it. Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas is our merchandise store. Get shirts, koozies, mouse pads, and anything we grant cool enough to adorn our brand. Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas. It's a quality brand. You know, Scott. I do. So we're going to start off with the news about the Riviera closing. Yes. We've all known that it was coming, and truthfully, we all are kind of to blame, at least in some part, for its demise. Monday at noon, Riviera will close its doors forever, just 15 days after its 60th birthday on the Strip. Perhaps the two items most lamented affiliated with the closing are what will happen to the exterior tower and its neon, and what will happen to the crazy girls' show and their bronze asses. So far, no one seems to know what is going to happen to the signing, unless something miraculous happens and the Neon Museum gets their hands on it, expected to be part of the rebel that, or the rubble, rebel, rubble, rubble, work when the property is imploded at this time no such transaction has been announced we do know what is going to happen to crazy girls thanks in part to you sir the show and its famous bronzed asses will be relocated to planet hollywood now planet hollywood plans to put the show in their sin city theater and rename it crazy girls theater caesar's entertainment hopes to have the show premiere may 13th now, no word where the bronze statue will be relocated, but odds are you'll be able to find it outside of the property and not just outside of the theater. Crazy Girls has performed more than 16,000 shows at Riviera in their 28 years at the property. Other items of note, Riviera gave away $145,000 in unclaimed progressive jackpots on Saturday, May 2nd, as they are required to do before closing. Players Club members received an entry for every 600 points they earned. The prize was split up between a handful of lucky winners. And also, those of you who aren't chip collectors, or who are chip collectors and meant to keep a dollar chip, but accidentally kept a $100 chip, don't, don't know who would do something like that. <laughs> I'm such a tool. You can redeem that at Westgate until September 1st. Now, if you find yourself with a ticket-in, ticket-out slip, you've got 30 days to mail that into Riviera with a copy of your Players Club card, or you'll become the proud member of a valueless piece of paper. If you do actually need more information on that, Vital Vegas did a great story on what it is you need to do. We will have a link on the blog on that to follow up. You're so right. This Vital Vegas seems to be just a truly great source of Vegas information. It's a top quality establishment. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I can't. I, I, it's not even part of my DNA. That's, that's horse shit right there. <laughs> if you had hit refresh on Vital Vegas today, however, you would have heard that I asked the uh, folks at the Sin City Theater yes. how they felt about either being moved or having the name of their theater changed, and they have said in no uncertain terms that the theater is not going to be renamed the Crazy Girls Theater. So it was a, there was an awkward moment because uh, our friend Robin Leach reported that the theater name would change when the show moved in. So I asked 
the folks at Sin City Theater what were they moving or closing or what they were going to do and they're, they're like no we're not I think at the time I posted that they had not seen the Robin Leach story alright wait 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 Scott are you yes. trying to tell me that Robin Leach is not correct <laughs> I have I because I'm wrong so much. I have I no longer criticize Robin Leach for being wrong. I know I'm because I'm, I'm what's happening right. is the, the peop, there are people who who kind of dig into these things and and share rumors like I do mm-hmm. because we like the conversation Absolutely. that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just no way to be 100 percent right. So, I just I just Scott, you know me. I'm out there. I know, but I but he takes a lot of hits for that, but. I don't know. He he had the story that the show was moving. He didn't get all the details right, so I don't know. It wasn't as egregious as saying the Bonanza gift shop had been sold. <laughs> well, I don't know what asshole would do that. I, I, I found that story whatever. quite entertaining and, and had to double-check that it wasn't April 1st when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just screwed up. And then the owner of the shop wrote and was like, this is... This is an embarrassment. You're the worst journalist. I'm like, I never said I was a journalist. I like, listen, talked listen. to some, some woman who said it was bought. Jesus. Whatever. So anyway, pressure. back to the Riviera closing. Yes. It is a, a very strange feeling over there right now. I don't think they're gonna. Uh, there's any way to salvage that that neon on the front kind of in any meaningful way. I think the, the most they can be hoped for is that they might kind of cut it up Mm-hmm. into smaller pieces and maybe save some of the pieces but there's so much it's so big there's no way even the neon museum could preserve all that so i think they're going to get they might take the the big riviera sign with the neon behind it and they might get a couple of pieces of that that front round part but i just don't see how they're going to preserve any more of it. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's not like when they saved the Laconche from, I mean, and maybe if they hadn't done the Laconche, maybe they could have done something like this. But honestly, what a lot of people don't realize is in, unless you see an aerial photo, that is a giant false exterior. It's not like it's a tower that's got a lot of things in it. It's it's an area that then has this extension built straight up into the sky. And uh, I mean, and unless somebody is, is really hard up for a uh, for saving this, or, or I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I hope they save a significant part of it. I just can't imagine they're going to take the effort that it would be required to remove that in totality so it could then be relocated someplace. And then even then, Neon Museum, it's not like they're going to just plug it in and light it up. They're, they're just going to have it there. So it's, I don't know. It, yeah, it's going away Yeah, one way or the other. Take the it. other thing that I think will be, that's a shame, is when you go into their, what was their kind of valet area the valet aspect kind of died i think along the way but there's this huge kind of star shaped thing which i think is just one of the most beautiful pieces of neon in vegas and that that's a shame that that thing is is going to going to go away when when the building is demolished because i think it's one of the most distinctive you know true neon not like you know those led thing i mean it's it is a classic Vegas thing. So if I miss anything about the Riviera, and a lot of it will not be missed, that is one of the things that will be missed. So it's. it's I think people are having mixed emotions because, like you said, I think we're all. It's easy to kind of pine for a, for a casino like that, a classic casino. But if people went, it wouldn't be closing. Right. You know? Right. It's. It's kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it's going to be missed all that much because I would go maybe once a year. I'm with you. Yep. Same here. Yeah. But one thing I think will be will change is that. 
when people think about Vegas, if you're in like Lithuania and you'll never go to Vegas, the th thing you think of when you think about Las Vegas looks a lot like the casino at the Riviera. Oh, Just it's because, so funny you said that. It is such a know, classic. There's so many movies that have set scenes in there because it is such a classic, stereotypical, what you would imagine a Vegas casino looks like. Yep. It's, it's cheesy. Yep. And it's over the top. But there's, you know, like the other night when I walked through, I really started paying attention to kind of the interior kind of lighting elements and all the fixtures and things. And there's just, I don't know where you go to see that anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. That's why you got to value Fremont while we have it. And hopefully it, it never goes anywhere. Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. Do people know that's my day job or? Uh, well, I mean, we might as well disclose it. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> I, work, I work at the Fremont Street Experience. I do the uh, social marketing for them. So anything I say that's offensive is my opinion today. Right. <laughs> I feel like I should say that. I'm sure they, they appreciate that. <laughs> it does not represent. It barely represents my opinion. I know, right? Anybody else's. <laughs> okay, now our next news story. Penn National buys Tropicana. But don't freak out. This won't mean much except that it will have new owners who like what they just bought and they want to make it better. For $360 million, Penn National, owners of M Resort, post a similar purchase situation, will purchase the Tropicana by the end of 2015. Penn National issued a press release stating that they have a two-phase plan to fully realize the value of their purchase over the next three to five years. First, they plan to invest $20 million into the facility for improvements. This will include integration into their nationwide marquee rewards players club card. Hopefully, it means they'll finally finish up those cabana suites. Secondly, they will evaluate other options. Now, <laughs> how thinking is a phase? I, I, I don't necessarily understand, but you know, it's, they're trying, so that's a good thing. There's a lot of uh, Las Vegas casinos that never have that phase. So they never get to the I, thinking I phase? <laughs> this is why it's good to have you. You're a man on the ground who knows these things. <laughs> so the question on everyone's mind who loves the TROP, what does this mean for the Tiffany ceiling? That has twice been threatened to be removed under Alex Humanogen's watch. We, we, don't, we don't know at this point. <laughs> now, odds are the proposed shops at Tropicana won't see the light of day, especially considering both a CVS and a Walgreens are less than a half a mile away from the location. The good news is, for those of you fearing the loss of another classic property, Tropicana has increased in value. In 2011, it was sold for about $250 million. Penn National paid $110 million more four years later. The saddest part of this whole thing is that a legend like Alex Humanogen won't be running a property on the Strip anymore, but good news, Penn National wants to be someone, and the fact that they didn't fuck up M Resort is a good thing. They've also long wanted to be on the Strip, and unlike corporate raider piece of shit Carl Icahn, they want to actually run something successfully and not just sell off its assets. On a, on a side note, I hate you, Carl Icahn. <laughs> I hate him so much. How he's, do you really feel? He's, he's like tied with Buggy, uh, Buggy, with Bugsy Siegel of the two people in Vegas history that I hate the most. Well, I concur with a lot of what you're saying here. <laughs> um, the announcement came suddenly. I don't know that it's a resounding endorsement of Penn National. I don't know that they want their tagline to be, well, at least we didn't fuck up the M Resort. <laughs> Listen, but listen. It's better I than the believe. one I gave them because they were talking about this was a prudent investment. Like, 
you know, that nothing screams excitement right. <laughs> in relation to a Las Vegas casino than it was a prudent, prudent investment. <laughs> I, you got to have a little passion. I, Come on, it's Vegas. I mean, my God. And, and you know what? I get, I get the feeling that the Tiffany ceiling or whatever you call it, the, the stained glass ceiling is going to be fine because I don't get the feeling they're, they're ready to pump a lot of money into this place. I know. I think they, uh, you manage and put in know, like They're talking about the investing in the transition to their players program. Right, well, that's right. not – nobody's going to see that or notice that. No, that's an infrastructure right. thing where now you can put their card in and it will be in their database. Like that's – they're not investing anything. And, it, and this considering expanding, like – they're, they are ready to jump into the strip market. They're ready to, to drive their existing database to the casino. But I don't. I think a lot of these plans that they've been talking about prior to the sale, the $100 million shopping, I don't think they're going to do it. No. I, I get the feeling they're just going to kind of go in very conservatively. They're going to run it like they're going to – it's a corporate – has a very corporate feeling. The only thing I wish they would invest in is the new logo because, oh, my God, their their logo is awful. You don't like that logo? <laughs> the one with the cards and the... It, oh, 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 the cards. No, I thought you just. I thought you were no, talking the about the Penn National font. Gaming oh, Penn logo. National. It's yes, awful. that is an awful. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Tropicana. No, no you're I right. like that kind of old, the old scripty looking. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I totally agree with you. That that logo is awful. It, it's like the. But Baltimore that doesn't Raven. bode well to me. Like, if you can't get your, if, if you just have your, you don't have your stuff together. If your logo is ugly and looked like it was done in, in Microsoft Paint, you don't get to, I don't know, you're not going to add any flair to the strip. I don't know, Scott. You're scaring the shit out of me. Karen and I fell in love with Tropicana under Alex's watch, and, and I mean, we put it in our top five. Now, now I'm terrified it's going to dramatically fall into the... Oh, it'll be the same. It's just going to be status quo. It's just yeah. going to be a change of ownership, new that's, players that's, program. That's an acceptable change for me. Yes. And here's some inside scoop. So... The uh, you, you ever hear this double ball roulette? The, it was originally launched at Tropicana. Yes, yes. And then I noticed last night it has been expanded to be at the Downtown Grand. I saw that. I was going to add it to next week's notes, but I, I don't believe I can now. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's marginally related to the Tropicana. I, it's it also be. coming to another uh, downtown casino. I don't think they've announced it yet in the in the Fremont Street. Uh, family, no. so uh, it it appears this game has done well. I think people like it because the players actually control the launching of the balls. They they hand you. Get out of here! I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I did a I did a post about it. The original one at the Tropicana kind of get it got into the details of it, but I think aside from the two ball element, which yeah. is very strange, yeah. they, it actually gives players the illusion of control because they'll give you this little, it looks like a little red button and you just hit it and then the balls are launched. Yeah, so it's an interesting take on kind of a classic game and uh, it has some interesting kind of side bets because you because there are two balls in play, you can right. make side bets on, yeah, yeah. on if they land in the same spot or what the two numbers will be together. You know, it's Anyway... It's, it's interesting that it survived. How many games have you and I seen that they, they, they try to get us all excited about and, and just doesn't go anywhere? So it's, it's oh, cool. Yeah. One of the, this is one of the few that actually seems to be, and now that it's out, out in the wild, um, it seems to be expanding very quickly. So we'll be yeah. seeing it around. Yep. Our next news story, a Vegas legend passes. Yes, a true Vegas legend worthy of actually dimming the lights on the Strip has passed away. Betty Willis 
the designer of the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign, died in her home Sunday, April 19th, at the age of 91. She was also responsible for several other Vegas marquees, including the Moulin Rouge, as well as some original Riviera signage. Betty often referred to the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign as her gift to the city. She did this with a smile because it's estimated that she has lost out on billions in royalties because the image was never trademarked, therefore she never got a dime for any use of its likeness. Now the Moulin Rouge signage is still available to be enjoyed at, at the Neon Museum. Clark County has declared May 5th to be Betty Willis Day and UNLV unveiled their new helmets, which will feature the sign on the back. Now, you and I, the last time we, we recorded together, we, we openly mocked Jerry Tarkanian's dimming of the lights. What are, what are your thoughts on, on my proclamation that, that Betty deserves a dimming? Yes, I, I tend to agree on that one. I mean, it's, uh, I think her story has been romanticized a I'm little sure bit, but yeah. there's no denying that that, that sign has has influenced everything i mean literally that's the logo on my on my website you know it's it is it is everywhere it is the most recognizable you know not just sign but recognizable shape you know and people around the world see it Mm -hmm. i think her i there's i've been trying to find out more about this whole um aspect of the the of the sign not being trademarked or copyrighted because i get the feeling that it's kind of been, the story's been rewritten after the fact. Oh, yeah? like I think they might have forgotten or they just didn't see the potential of it. And, and as you think about it, kind of as you go deeper into it, you realize that it, had it been protected, it may never have become as successful as it was. So it's kind of the reason it was successful was because it wasn't protected. Had it been protected, there would be another iconic thing that would be on everything. That's a really great point, because one of the things I had always thought about is it's not like she made this sign for free. She was working for a company that designed things like that. She got paid for those things. And and, in most cases, when you build something or create something for somebody else, you don't continue to own the rights. Yeah, you you don't personally own it. If anything, it was the salesman that kind of brought the idea to her. I mean, if he did it on commission. I know, I know they got paid $4,000 for it, so it's not like she never right. made any money from it. She just didn't, they did not foresee merchandising and all that. I, you know, I think they just didn't think of it. Right. Somebody, I heard it described as it was supposed to be a disposable sign. Really? So I think at the time they just didn't grasp what, what it was going to become. And, and some of the biggest things in history are those kind of things where you're like, wow, we had no idea this was going to be this popular. So I, I, I imagine that's the exact same situation. And one of my, I have to say, one of my biggest regrets during my time in Las Vegas and in doing a blog, I actually set out to find her to speak to Betty Willis because I knew she was getting up there. Right. And uh, I actually paid a service to kind of tr- help track her down. I, I knew where she was. I had her phone number. I called. I left a message. I never heard back. I, I, she made a couple of rare appearances in, in the last maybe 10 years of her life. And one of my greatest regrets is that I didn't pursue that more aggressively and, and actually talk to her because I think 
she is uh, as iconic as it gets in Vegas for Absolutely. that contribution to the Vegas culture. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of whenever Dr. Dave does does things like that where he's able to sit down and properly document the history. Because you got to remember, Vegas was built by criminals. Documenting all the shit they're doing, not really a, a, something that they're, <laughs> they're interested in doing. But there are folks like you and I that understand and appreciate what it is and we i want to know the stories that's why even though they're as infrequent as they are that's why vintage vegas exists because i i can't just look at something and be like that is really awesome and like that that means something to me without going i have to understand everything that went behind this i want to know the history right and i, I want to know the i kind of want to know the right one like i want to yes. know the bugsy siegel the real story i want to know the real benny binion story i read yes. this book about Benny Binion that was like nobody talks about what an awful murdering like yes <laughs> I know the book you're like, talking like gangland about. figure this person is like I want to know I want to know if Betty Willis at the time said you know what let's not trademark this sign right. because it's our gift to the city or if 20 years later people said why the hell didn't you trademark this thing and then she was like uh because it was a gift, right? To like, the city? like oh, yeah, I, I firmly believe that it was more like, what are we gonna do? I can either sit here and bitch that how did we not trademark that, or just just go, that eh, was a gift. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you want to talk about being mobbed up? Like the true story, Riviera, one of the most mobbed up yes. casinos in Vic. Like, oh my god! And you hear, honestly, I read ten to fifteen stories a day about the Riviera, and very few get into this kind of seedy, awful, like this show, there was another review, everybody talks about Crazy Girls, but there was another show in there called Splash. Unbelievable level, like every one of the girls in the show was a mobsters, kind of just these like throwaway girlfriends, everybody like drug addled, and just this horrible like, (laughs) no. You're absolutely so exactly right. the opposite of the romantic. No, I, and, and, of and classic not to, Vegas. <laughs> not to ruin uh, our future vintage segment if I ever actually get around to finishing it, but Gus Greenbaum, one of one of the guys that helped the Flamingo get off the ground after Bugsy ran it right into it, was called out of retirement to to finally make Riviera a profitable property. However, uh, he was kind of threatened because uh, the the powers that be killed his sister and her husband to encourage him to, to actually come out of retirement. And then later, when he became all drug-riddled and stole from the company, they eventually chopped his fucking head off and showed it to... Uh, or, or, no, wait a minute. I'm thinking of his sister. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. His sister and her, her husband, their heads were chopped off and given to Gus uh, as a gift to encourage him to come back. And then once they caught him stealing and stuff, they eventually killed him and his wife while they slept in their bed. But Oh. Uh, it's romantic. That's such it? a sweet story. I should write a haiku about it. <laughs> and you know what? When, I love when people say, like, you know... Why can why are you knocking down this classic piece of Vegas history? So the Riviera went bankrupt three months after it opened. Yes. Right? Oh, we're just doing a vintage segment right now. Go. And the f- chapter eleven was filed in 1983. Another chapter eleven was filed in 1991. Mm-hmm. Another chapter eleven was was filed in 2010. I wonder. Why are they knocking down this perfectly viable <laughs> casino? Why doesn't somebody come in and just clean up the rooms and make a killing? Right. 
right. <laughs> well, I look forward to your Vintage Vegas uh, thing. I do, too. They're always great. <laughs> Thank you. All right, our next news item. The link is not connecting. Ah, it's a play on words. I'm not good at it, but when I do, I'm proud. <laughs> the concept was interesting from day one, but immediately followed with questions as to whether or not it would work. Thanks to you, Vital Vegas, speculation now confirmed Link is failing. Fame, the Chinatown food experience that included a Fuku burger, has closed, never drawing much interest from those who don't listen to shows like this. The Piano Lounge, Boulevard Cocktail Company, failed as well. However, Caesars wouldn't allow it to close, so they are now running it or not charging rent or something. And it's been well documented that the High Roller, the world's largest observation wheel, is pulling in less than half of the projected 11,000 riders per day. So eloquently put, a source close to the link said, quote, nobody's making their rent. And there seems to be no clear vision for turning it around as management of the promenade have seen significant and multiple turnovers. Now, all that said, foot traffic is healthy. It just isn't translating into sales. Being a man on the ground, I cannot wait to fucking hear your thoughts on this. What do you think the issue is? I, I enjoy, before you even say that, I enjoy Link. I appreciate what it is. I understand there's there's dining there. I understand there's an outdoor fun to it. I have a theory as to why it's not working. I want to hear your thoughts first. Well, I too have to say that I love it. And that's not just because I, before it was built, I walked down between those two buildings and it was stinky. Oh, I remember. Um, so it's not just a matter of by comparison, it's better. It actually is, I think, a well put together mixture of bars and restaurants right. and shops. I, I think just talking to people about it, I had no idea that it was struggling as much as it is. Mm -hmm. I think the first red flag did go up when they were talking about the ridership of the wheel. I heard they were spending 400 plus thousand dollars a month to advertise it. Oh so that's a lot of riders just to, to kind of break even. Right, right. Uh, so, but they're doing 5,000 a day. And that was, a, you know, that was mentioned by, uh, I think, Gary Lovren himself. And so that's, that's a huge disappointment because they, uh, when I was at Caesars, I did work, uh, did their social media as well. Right. They were talking about that 10 to 11,000 number like it was a done deal because of all the foot traffic that right, goes right. by that little space between the Flamingo and Caesars and the uh, Link Quad Hotel. So, and, that, and I did, I was shocked to hear that nobody's making their rent because right. there were, there's always a lot of people walking along that promenade. So I, I honestly, I think it's a price, there's a price point problem. I think it was true for the wheel. I think it is for a lot of these shops. Yeah. The cocktails and food is just an extra, you know, it's like a 25% premium, which I, I mean, that's a strict premium. I don't think anything's outrageously high compared to other, other places on the strip. Right. So honestly, I don't know. I, I just... Maybe it's too much in one place or, or maybe too much of the same thing because if you look at Yard House and then you look at Tilted Kilt, I don't, you know, like, I don't know how much I can distinguish those two places as burgers. And I went to this uh, Italian place called Off the Strip, delicious food. They were supposed to expand to their upper level. That has been put on hold. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, and, and uh, you mentioned fame. That was also sup supposed to be a kind of I was excited about fame. Restaurant. I can't believe it fucking closed before I had a chance to try it. 
And they, from day one, they were swapping out. It was like a food court, but they were swapping out these, whatever you call them, little counters where they would do, let's do this. And three weeks later, it'd be like, but no, let's do pizza. No, I I remember that. have a pizza store inside a Chinatown food experience. I remember the first time Karen and I saw it, we were like, oh, that looks interesting. And then the next trip, we were like, well, that's not the same place that we saw before. So, no, I, I very clearly remember that. And it's, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe just the, the, the rent or the overhead is, or something is high. But I think now at this point, the Caesars folks, the Link folks, are probably thinking we need to just make sure this place stays Absolutely. occupied. So what was your thought on that? All right, so here is, is my, my thought process on this. It's kind of a twofold. So the way it was originally presented, you got the impression, especially when they moved uh, Giordelli's with, from the Carnival Court, that Link was literally going to link you to the Carnival Court at, at Harrah's. You could take this little side road, instead of being right up on the strip, you could go back, and and when you got to the exit, it, it would be the Carnival Court at Harrah's. You'd be right there. And the way that it was originally described to me is that what would end up happening is at the back of the property is where you were going to find O'Shea's. So that way you had something, if, if only a casino, to draw you all the way to the back of it and then you would be able to make your way over to Harris. And the fact that they don't have that link, the only technical link is if you walk through the Link Hotel and Casino to get to Harris. I think that disconnect where, I think the dead end that is the high roller is, is the ultimate undoing of this concept. If you got it to flow seamlessly to something else, there has to be a destination that you don't, a destination that you can pass and go on to other things if you, if you don't want to enjoy that. But the fact that you're dead-ended to something, and, and if there's nothing else more, you have to turn around and walk out. So if you didn't find something interesting on your way in, you're definitely not going to try and reach out to them on your way out. But if you're like, oh, it looks like a traffic jam up on the strip, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go the long way. And you take the link, and it ends up at, at, at the Harris Carnival Court. I, I, think, I honestly think that that may be... Obviously, it's not the only reason there's an issue, but I think that may be one of the reasons that, that it's continuing to have an issue. I think the, the high roller is pulling people back in, mm-hmm. but that's a I'm going to do that once kind of thing. It hasn't been able to sustain, and I don't, I don't honestly don't know why people aren't stopping to eat and drink. I don't well. either because they do have some good shit in length. Yeah, and Brooklyn Bowl is, I think, if anything is doing what they expected it to, right. it would be Brooklyn Bowl. But I don't know. It's a it's a tricky situation, yeah. which makes you think the Grand Bazaar shops are in, are in even more dire situation or, because or the, they or have the almost nothing to offer. Or, or, or the park at MGM. Think about it. Unless you are actually going to whatever's going to be in that stadium, same situation. I, I think the the park now, as it exists along the along the front of New York, New York, and Monte Carlo, is actually very appealing. Well, that's fantastic. I'm talking about the extension they're making towards the stadium they're building. Yeah, I think I I don't know what that. I have no predictions on that. Yeah. But I but I think if you compare the link to the park as it exists now. I think they're calling that the, the front park part of the park. MGM right? Park, the park. Yeah. I've heard I've heard several like Tom's Urban and uh, Shake Shack and all that stuff in there. I don't know. I think that's 
Oh. I love it, the front. It could literally just be the way, like you said, the way the foot traffic flows, where you think you're going. If you're in a spot where you're, where it's appealing, like in the link, you're. If you, there's no real view. You're just looking out at another building. But if you're on, if you're at the park in front of New York, New York, you're looking out at beautiful lights and mm-hmm. and another hotel across the street at the MGM. Like it may just be that difference of. The claustrophobic. I don't know. I, don't I I'm just fascinated by that whole realm because when I looked at the link, I'm like, this is great. I agree. More restaurants, more bars, Good stuff ones. to do. A giant wheel. That wheel should be a an essential photo op for every person that comes to oh, Las I, Vegas. Yeah, it's 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 quality, big time. I totally agree with you. So and everybody you. maybe is taking a picture of it, but that doesn't mean they're riding it. And well, it doesn't and, mean they're stopping. Well, and the, and, and the point is, Karen and I have enjoyed High Roller during the day, and we want to enjoy it during the night. But we won't go again unless we're bringing people who've never done it before, and then it's like, oh, no, you have to see this, and then we'll go again. It's not something I need to do every time I that I go. Right. And I think that's their estimations were comical in that in that sense. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, I think they were basing it on uh, wheels in other cities that, where maybe the other buildings aren't as tall, and you can get a different view. Well, and when that was the only wheels. attraction, I mean, you're looking at a giant, gorgeous city, but the the attraction to see that city is is the wheel. Well, Vegas has been quite savvy about putting things on the top of buildings so you can see the rest of the strip. So it's not as unique to them. Now here's the here's the insider tip on how to get the most out of the the uh, high roller. Awesome. When you walk in your ball, turn immediately to your right, and just hold your spot. Don't mingle. Don't walk around to get another view. That's the only view you need. And some dipshit is going to stand there and block your view if you don't grab it. There's three spots on one window that faces Bellagio, and that's the place in the ball you need to be. Oh. And you need to just plant yourself, and if other people seem irritated, tough shit, you just paid 30 or 40 bucks to ride right. this thing. So get, turn to your right and just stand there. That's, that is worth the price of the download of this podcast right there. It's, it's free, Scott, by the way. <laughs> Wait, you don't charge other people? I, some have told me I should, but I, I don't... I don't. <laughs> Can we move on in the news now? You're the All one that right. fucking extended this conversation. Don't give me shit over it. <laughs> we're enjoying we're enjoying a healthy conversation between two friends. And <laughs> now, let's let's ruin that with Mariah arrives. Long past her prime and only a shadow of the attractive pop princess that owned the 90s. Crazy arrived in a 1936 pink convertible following 18 mobile billboards that simply had the names of the 18 chart-topping singles she will be performing during her residency at Caesars Coliseum. It only took 14 years to arrive after she very publicly jumped the shark in her movie debut, Glitter, and 17 years after her epic fall from grace post-divorce from studio head Tommy Mottola, the reason she had so many Billboard hits penned for her, and who now, many years after she messed herself up with low self-esteem, surgical self-improvements, she begins her two-month residency at. Do you have a feeling I'm not a fan of her? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if it's coming across. <laughs> she begins her two-month residency on Monday, May 4th. Tickets start at $55. She's one of those people that I thought was insanely talented, and then, as I mocked self-esteem issues, fucked herself up and became insanely. I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this woman. I hope she still has a voice. 
and, and people do get to enjoy her. See, that, and that's ultimately the thing that I, I always try to stress. Whether I'm, I legitimately don't like a performer or something in Vegas, I ultimately want to be wrong. Always, basically, when it comes to Vegas. I hope she's a massive success, and I hope that people are, oh, my God, this is so great. That Mariah's going to be in Vegas. It's fantastic. I'm really just sharing my opinion and trying to make you laugh, to be, to be completely honest. She is going to do great. I believe she will. Yeah. Her show is going to be a smash success. She is going to sing almost not at all. <laughs> that five. See, that is the thing and that I it thought. Does not matter. Yeah. Is it matters zero percent whether she's going to sing or not? Because See, if you've heard her sing, you know she's not going to sing. Oh, lot. she lost her voice. That that was the thing that most interested me, and I thought maybe Caesars was a little more had a little more integrity. And, and did not allow no. their people. Oh, absolutely not. Britney Spears lip syncs beginning to end. Well, and no even way. Celine, who actually has a good voice, has a backing track beginning to end of her show. She Get doesn't. I didn't know that. She, oh yeah, she she uh, uh, lip syncs a good portion. Get this shit. A lot of times, it's um with these shows now, the the backing tracks are so sophisticated, right. the person can actually sing during the parts where they're comfortable, mm-hmm. and it just blends seamlessly. When the backing track starts for those high notes, and trust me, Mariah Carey is going to have backing tracks. No, she can't hit those all the time. She can't, I mean, no human can hit them. If, I'm if, shocked if, she could ever hit them. Yeah, so if, now, if this, you know, if all you had to do is listen to that that performance, the Christmas performance, yeah, oh. and it was very obvious. Like it was just all over the place. Yeah, that, so, woman, that woman but has that, lost but her. It's voice. Vegas. It's personality driven. Mm-hmm. She is a music superstar, like Britney Spears. Her actually singing has nothing to do with whether the show will be a success. She has so many hits and so many diehard fans. It's going to be another uh, barnstormer, if that's a thing. I find your insight arousing. This is why we are bros. Because <laughs> I had no idea that, that Celine had some backtracks, although it makes perfect sense. Obviously, everybody on fucking planet Earth knows that Britney's lip syncing. If you don't, you should repeatedly hit yourself in the head with a damn frying pan because there's... It's crystal clear. Especially, you saw her little injury. I, I, I think we're going to talk about this later on the show, but since you brought it up, her little injury, she didn't miss a single note. No. Her vocals were unaffected by collapsing on stage. It's just an absolute Which, And there was another one that somebody got where she literally dropped the microphone. <laughs> it just did not change at all. The sad thing is, li- listen, so I'll give good. you a slight amount. Like, okay, I get you're going to see uh, somebody who has a very, you know, energized dance performance going on here they're a quality performer i get it i get i get that you want to put that on but the problem is is she's always like half a step behind all those dancers i'm like okay so you're not singing and you you, you're not dancing very well either what the hell are you bringing to the table here yeah she's during her show it's like it's like she had a big meal (laughs) before and it's she's kind of like oh this is i'm gonna just try to get through this And it makes her dancers even better because they realize, like, they, and, and it happened when she fell. Like, all the dancers went into kind of high gear to try and distract. I think they do that the whole show. It's like, look at how awesome we are. Right. We are amazing. Super talented. <laughs> now, here's one part of the Mariah story that's that I have to say I feel strongly about because Mariah arrived, and all the comments that I saw online had nothing to do with the show. It had to do with her weight and how she looked. And I was just really struck by the fact that we've gotten to the point where we feel like we can take pot shots at a woman for being heavy or for not, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm all for poking fun at things, but yeah. I was just struck by, I don't know. I, some days I just have no patience for the internet and people being nasty. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And, and the mocking that I give her is more to do with, I thought she was an, an insanely talented, attractive young lady who apparently didn't see that in herself and made surgical correction. I wasn't talking about whether she's a, a chunky lady as opposed to a slim lady or whatever. It's yes. Those things happen. Now, to be fair, I have made fun of Kelly Clarkson, but only because <laughs> she unfortunately has made such a public point of saying, I don't care about my size. This is who I am. And I'm like, good for you, girl. And then she loses a shit ton of weight and she's like, I just feel great. And I'm like, well, all right, good for you. Yeah, yeah. And she puts the weight back on and like, listen, you got to fucking, you, you got to decide what it is you want to be. I, I want to support you, but for Christ's sake, you're worse than a politician right now. <laughs> well, I'm going in, I'm going in the hypocrisy column because I'm like, you're in the public eye, you know? Yeah. Skip a burger. Okay, so we're <laughs> moving on to the Stratosphere Day Club. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Stratosphere is finally reopening their 25th floor pool, formerly home to their failed topless experiment, Beach Club 25. It's been closed since June of 2011, but will now reopen as Radius Rooftop Pool and Wet Lounge. It is still 21 and up and will offer the same things you can expect at other beach clubs, including cabanas, bottle service, and a DJ, but at affordable prices, including a sunset happy hour. Now, said prices were not available in time for print or even currently. Radius opens this month. It will be free for guests at the property and Players Club members will get discount admission. I, the, the, before we mock it, I, I appreciate people like Tropicana and Stratosphere trying to find a, a, a version of the day club or a nightclub that caters to people who don't think paying $500 for a bottle of $60 liquor uh, isn't absolutely insane. <sighs> Stratosphere, really? <laughs> Stratosphere is the... Uh, is Casino Royale low enough? Or uh, it's, I mean, I don't dislike the casino, but its location and, and, and who it is they attempt to cater to. Strat, come on. I like the stratosphere. I, all right. Day clubs are not part of my Vegas. No. <laughs> the, Ve the Las Vegas that I know and love day clubs aren't part of it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know what to say about day clubs because it's people going to a pool and I don't doing I don't know what I don't understand it I don't care for it it's not in my realm of reality so I choose to separate it from my Las Vegas see I conceptually like the idea but what is involved in actually participating is well beyond anything I have patience or tolerance for I agree yeah. I could not stand to be next to the line at the encore oh my God, I'm day so club experience I, I could barely I, I honestly felt physically ill. Oh. It's so pretentious. It's so, you know, I have a killer body, but I'm not out well there documented. showing it. I'm not out there flaunting it, and I'm not dealing with some idiot standing there telling me whether I'm attractive enough to go into the As we all know you party. are. As like, we all it's know. so far afield of anything that I know or understand. Good for you. All right, let's, let's hit some other news about Las Vegas. The Vegas downtown parklet. Yes, attempting to continue evolving into a community. Tony Shea remains the primary investor in the endeavor. His most recent project is an attempt to bring more green space to downtown in the form of a parklet. Already found in cities like San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Portland, a parklet basically transforms a parking space or two 
in a commercial area and turns them into micro parks. In Vegas case, one 8x20 parking spot on the corner of 6th Street and East Carson Avenue was turned into a 160 square foot micro park complete with a 3x8 table, 10 stools, a shade structure, and a map showing various scenic outdoor locations in the area. Volunteers installed the floor plans made from recycled material and the vegetation on display in the various planters will be native to the area. The belief is the parklet will encourage traffic from the curious and cultured. As with any park space, it is open to the public, but its use is being encouraged by local dining establishments. While the exact cost of the project was not disclosed, other similar parklets run twenty dollars to $60,000. I think it's adorable. It's maybe one of the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest ideas ever. I don't, I, I don't, Not just in Las Vegas, but in the world. I don't disagree with you, <laughs> but I think it's adorable. <laughs> I went by. It's about a block from my office, so I felt obligated to go over. I saw it while it was being put together. I saw the finished product. I just, I'm there. I. I almost scratched my head so hard that I almost gouged my <laughs> my ablada dongada or whatever it, it, you call it. It's the kind of thing that somebody who throws sixty thousand dollars around like it's nothing would do. It, <laughs> it serves no purpose. Slim to know. It's I agree with you. Space. Other than it's, it's around the corner from like if it was in front of Carson Kitchen, like it's a really tight space in Carson Kitchen and when you're waiting for a table it'd be so great to sit down but you can't they don't have those little buzzers so it's not like you can go down the block and over it's it is it's almost like they built this thing in an alleyway they, they make it sound like you're it's getting you outdoors so you can enjoy <laughs> nature and you're no you're in a street and you're looking at an empty lot there's not and the the plants you're talking about are Native, but it's a desert, so they're ugly and shriveled, and the, and the uh, the etching they've etched like Nevada, you know, birds and wildlife into the chairs, but you can't see them. And I read they're supposed to get darker with time. And I'm like, you're waiting for them to get dirty. So you can't see them? That's built into the plan. You want it to get dirty? This fiberglass stuff, whatever it is on top, it doesn't provide any shade. It's clear plastic. It's if anything, it intensifies the heat. Someone's going to be killed <laughs> traffic, and they're going to spend the rest of the $60,000 paying off the insurance. Scott, let's be honest. This is clearly fuck you money, all right? <laughs> this is Tony Shea going, I'm going to be a philanthropist, and I think we should add some more green space. Like, in the road? I don't. I just don't get it in any way. You can, it's not a park. It's not even a really pleasant. There's no chess pieces. They have chess boards built into the... Like, you're going to bring chess pieces to right. your d dinner reservation? You, you mean you don't carry chess pieces with you everywhere you go? Uh, <laughs> no, knives, in case I need to <laughs> make sushi or something. I don't know. No, I... Oh. I don't know what it is. It's, it's I, too I, easy to poke fun at I, because I it's so silly. I find fasc fascination in the idea that if I were a hundred billion, you know, millionaire, billionaire, whatever, and, and I had the opportunity to do something like this. This sounds like the kind of dumb thing that I would throw money at. It got so much PR. We're talking about it now. It's such a dumb thing. But I, and I wasn't, but I wasn't mad about it until right now. <laughs> now I'm just mad. Fair enough. 
All right. Now we're on to downtown project housing. Now this, I, I would love to hear you complain about this because I think this is <laughs> this is relatively brilliant. The number one thing that the downtown project has been criticized for is developing all the businesses and commercial enterprises, creating new jobs in a place that no one working those jobs can afford to live around. Outside of owning the Gold Spike and renovating that into dorm-like apartments, only those with two to $600,000 to drop on a condo could call downtown their home. This week, Downtown Project addressed the issue when they announced they are renovating a 315-unit apartment building on 8th and Ogden called 211. Apartments run 170 to 350 square feet and cost about 650 to 850 a month with utilities and internet included. Listen, as a side project, I've literally not owned or not rented in caring for almost 20 years so in 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 that realm let's say 15 that i i've owned homes that when i paid for rent before back then 20 years ago this sounds insanely expensive to me but i'm sure i have absolutely no idea what i'm talking about when it comes to that yeah that price is nothing no even for vegas even for downtown all right well good good all right more (laughs) Renovations will include items you would imagine and some extras like changing a parking lot into a grassy backyard with a hot tub, shade structure, outdoor kitchen, and a dog run. Business in the downtown area and part of the redevelopment of it agree the key to sustainable development downtown is affordable housing within walking distance. Downtown Project agrees so much that they are selling the 1,000 units they own at the Mayan Plaza Apartments because they are located on the west side of I-15, which has proven to be a hurdle residents won't cross to visit downtown. Your turn, go. Oh, God. Do you not I like this? Are you serious? I don't, know. What are, I don't know. It's, I don't know. What is it? What is that? I don't even know what that is. You don't think that's going to be a do- I Listen, listen. I work from home, and I thoroughly adore it. And next to working from home, I think, would be this cute idea of, like, I've always thought, and I may be out of my fucking mind. I'm not going to lie to you, Scott, but I've always thought the concept of a downtown area where you live kind of upstairs from a retail location or something and then would you know, work in the area. I've always thought that was a super cute idea. And that to me seems like what this, this, what he's trying to do. What is it that you feel he's trying to do? Or, or this know. idea? Why do I care? Where are the examples where they live? Scott, you're on the ground level. Come on. you got. Unless he's putting them, unless he's creating pods that put people into a cryogenic freeze, <laughs> why would I care if they've got a place to live? <laughs> well, I find it. Are they gambling? No. Oh, They're not doing anything Vegas related. They're just Vegan. going to work and yes. creating apps. Oh, I'm a huge fan of you. Oh, so so love you so much. It's good that we it's good we can agree to disagree on certain things. <laughs> right. All right, can we move away from where from whose dorm is we're gonna be what? As we can, yes. Thank As God. We can. All right, let's go on to the uh, you know, I love downtown. Have I mentioned that? All right. Well, I mean, I, it was implied. Yeah. No, I love downtown. Good. I love that uh, Mr. Shea is investing in downtown. And the reason I like it is because of all the, all the other newness. But where people live, they had to ruin the gold spike. But other than that, I'm very happy that people are going to have a place to live. 
Were you a frequenter to the Gold's Bike? I went by there sometimes. <laughs> I like my Vegas. I like, I like how you said you went by there. Didn't say you ever patronized the play. <laughs> no, I did. I, I played there and I drank there. It was nice, seedy little... Not, not See, the thing much. is, I'd love to back you into a corner and mock you, but the problem is, is you and I are so similar that it's like, if I lived in Vegas, I promise you I'd be hanging out at Gold Strike <laughs> or Gold Spike, whatever the hell it's called. It's true. It was a very kind of, uh, it, you know, like there's the Strip, then the downtown, and then the Gold Spike. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just, yeah. It was barely worth the walk of the block, right. and now it's even less so. Okay, that's it for the news. We do have some prop bets, though, for those who are unfamiliar. Prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. Cirque du Soleil founder Guy Liberté has sold all but 10% of the company to private equity firm TPG for $1.5 billion. FYI, TPG is one of the co-owners of Caesars Entertainment. We see how that went. While the sale is said to be so the company can expand into China, conditions of the sale required the base of creative operations to remain in Montreal. It, I don't think this affects basically anything. I think it's. I think Cirque is going to be even more Cirque-y. <laughs> Fair enough. Vegas Shatter's editor Becca is leaving Vegas and Vegas Shatter to move on to other opportunities in Washington State. Uh, this is one of those things. There there have been so many opportunities for Becca and I to hang out that for one reason or another, when, when you're visiting Vegas to somebody who lives in Vegas, just didn't work themselves out. And now it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I'll catch you next time. Oh, I'll catch you next time. And now you're like, oh, fuck. Now I, I, I don't get the opportunity to spend time with her. And similar to... to Mark at Edge Vegas and yourself, it, it, it's people who have the same kind of passion that they do this for a living. It's such a rewarding effort to, to get to meet and chat with one another that I'm sure my regret is beyond my comprehension at this point. Because so, I you're, so Beckett is your Betty Willis. Oh! She's dead to you. That is a... Br- well, hold on. Hey, pump the brakes there. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to kill off <laughs> Becca in my mind, but... No, but if people don't have to personally know Becca to appreciate what she Absolutely. contributes to the conversation yes. around Las Vegas. Absolutely. She has just been relentless in finding news, digging up news, kind of connecting the dots, and they put out a shit ton of content every Absolutely. day. And it and some of it's, you know, there's hits and misses and all that. And, and you know, whether you like the site or love the site, there's no denying that it's a, an important part of the conversation, as are the podcasts and other blogs. Yes. But I think her leaving the helm of Vegas Chatter, that's a big, it's big shoes for the next person to fill. And I think we just have to get used to it being different i agree i agree and and good for her i mean it, chase your dreams man if you've got phenomenal opportunities go you've earned it what what you wrong wrong, I, wrong. no 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 it's hold, not about becca's dreams hold, it's about becca getting us stories you're no no no. you're full of shit listen she needs I, to have her priorities straight las vegas is the only place worth living i am a guy who who appreciates the years that the beatles gave us as opposed to lamenting <laughs> the extra years they could have given us I appreciate what Becca gave us, and I will treasure it. So Becca is your Yoko Ono. Okay, don't you ever, <laughs> ever relate anything I have affection towards to Yoko Ono. Well, anyway, Becca's going to be missed. She will be. 
In an interview with Las Vegas Weekly, Priscilla Presley shared that they intend to reclaim Elvis's image in Vegas with Graceland West at Westgate with quality live performances that evoke the artist and don't impersonate him. <laughs> Except for the show where the guy impersonates him. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I understood what she wanted to say, but reading it going, it's the, it, it's the same thing, Priscilla. <laughs> She also made clear that the Elvis Chapel will not be presided over by someone in an Elvis costume, but instead offer an overall quality experience. It, what a load of horse shit. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you, are you an Elvis fan, just in general, his music? Oh, oh it, he's been dead a while. I, don't, I could live without it. I like that Vegas song he did. <laughs> he's all right. I live in Memphis. You would be lynched for <laughs> your comments right now. <laughs> Well, we'll see how his little exhibit does. I, I hope it does good. The one thing I, I tell people all the time is Elvis Graceland is is the tale of two cities. If you go to the mansion and, and the true exhibits of his, the jets that they had for a while, of his awards, his movies, stuff like that, they do a phenomenal job of making it respectful. Not nearly the kitschy thing you would imagine it would be. On the flip side... Across the street, all of the vendors, restaurants, whatever, are everything you can imagine and more of the kitsch aspect of Elvis. And, and that is what I hope that they, they're able to bring to, to Westgate. We'll see. Uh, but uh, I'm with her. Before moving to Memphis and before visiting Graceland, I thought Elvis was stupid. I thought he was the fat Elvis thing. He had a couple of pop hits that I, I didn't really care. You know, whatever, whatever. But getting to know him a little bit more, doing some research, we, hell, we put a, a vintage episode out of it because he, 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 the information that I learned was so intriguing. I, I really hope the fat, disgusting Elvis that you see dressed up on the strip and you, you tip a dollar to take a picture with, while I know it's never going to go away, I, I, I would hope that this, this at least adds a little more quality to, to Elvis and what it is he did to, to the city. and. And, and to the world, let's be honest. Yeah. He, he sang a few songs. I've heard the show is not especially good, so... See, I'm I disappointed in that. that. I was super excited when I fell in love with Elvis. That was one of the things I had... Well, I mean, you, you throw in Elvis, and then you throw in Vegas, and I'm like, holy fucking shit, they got like a live thing of Elvis in Vegas. When they were talking about that show, I'm like, I can't believe I have the opportunity to see the closest thing I could ever imagine of the performances that Elvis actually did at that property. And now, now you're, you're bumming me out, Scott. I know. But the thing is, I trust you. Minus April Fool's, you son of a bitch. But well, I, I didn't see the show. I've, the review that so I read was not good at all. I've never seen an impersonator because I've always felt the people who impersonate Fat Elvis infuriate me because that was one of the darkest, shittiest times of his life, which eventually led to his death. And I'm like, I don't think it's very funny that, that you're doing Fat Elvis. So. Well, Big Elvis is awesome. Okay. I love him. That was a great pre-show. I actually like some of the some of the Vegas tribute artists in Vegas more than the actual Elvis. Oh, I can't, I can't disagree with you. I've said this before. Tribute artists uh, are, uh, frequently are better than the real thing because they get what it is that you love about that artist, and that's what they give you. I, uh, no, I agree with you. I'm on that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they have the convenience of time and the kind of the time in between yeah, yeah. to figure out what people love about it. but I, there was one of our guys that performed at Fremont Street uh, Tyler James he did this version of Suspicious Minds Yes. and I'm like holy crap that's a really great performance you're doing and the crowd went nuts and I'm like okay so I went online I, I cannot remember ever having seen Elvis performed it and I watched Elvis perform it and I'm like this flipping guy 
on, on the stage, this free show on Fremont Street is performing this song better than Elvis Presley, yeah. the guy who sang the song. Our prop bets are dragging out, so no, I'm going to move on. Talk? Can I it's read this one? You stop yourself. AAA might be coming to a suburb of Vegas. No, no, no. This was my turn. We're not going to say anything more about it until the hours of operation have been reported because I, I'm, I'm going I'm to share this with people who have not tried it. Chick-fil-A is not that fucking good. All right? Oh, God. It is better than any chicken sandwich in the world. You're high. It's amazing. You're high. I, I am going to camp out. If the Henderson thing happens, Henderson, uh, for people that don't know, is maybe 10 minutes from the uh, southernmost part of the Strip and uh, totally worth a cab ride if they open this place. But I will be in a tent 72 hours before this place opens. Scott, I will I say this is homophobic, and I don't care. I am going to eat me a Chick-fil-A sandwich in Nevada, and I think it's, I know it's still kind of unconfirmed at this point, but... My faith in this is greater than my faith in Elvis, greater than my faith in God, greater than my faith in anything. Scott, they are all around me. You're out of your mind. It is, I, I think Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich tops anything Chick-fil-A does. <laughs> You've lost your goal. You're insane. Sam. And I get when things are hyped too much, like the White Castle was hyped and the Shake Shack was hyped. I get that things are hyped beyond what they actually are because they're just meh. This is not that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that it isn't quality. I'm not gonna deny that. They but brine it or something. Like you can find a recipe online. They pickle it. That's their. They, they use pickling spices. They better just brine it because it sounds more romantic. <laughs> All right. Well, you gonna do the next item there? Well, no, you stole the Chick Fil A. I intentionally set it up. So, so you're okay. not. You're not. You're not messing up with the the well placed rhythm I've created. So now it's your turn, Scott. Now. Isn't it up to? Your listeners and I to decide if you, um, if you have the right rhythm, if you've got any rhythm. <laughs> because chicken wings seem to be the new thing coming to Vegas. Anchor Bar, the actual creators of Buffalo Wings, will be opening up shop at Venetian's Grand Canal Shops food court in the space formerly occupied by Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs. Plans are to open up in time for a 360 Vegas vacation too. Yes, that's their timeline. Yes. They open up by 360 Vegas Vacation 2. Are you, are you saying that's in that's incorrect? That's not accurate information? No, do you think it is? I, I think it is, yes. I, th I think they were quite aware. When, <laughs> <laughs> when 360 Vegas Vacation 2 was going to happen, like, listen, 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 I don't know what it is we have to do. Got to be open for this thing. <laughs> you know what? The Harmon Tower has to be down by my fucking birthday. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why I find the reduction of that tower riveting. Oh, they could put a webcam. I'd watch for hours. If I didn't have a job, I would be over there once a week shooting the progress. It's like, it's can I help you dismantle this? It's fascinating. Oh, I just want to help. Whatever. <laughs> well, anyway, congratulations on, on Anchor Bar opening by the time of your next event, well, which I will you. be attending. Thank you. I've affected Britney many Spirit people. World. You're not doing all the profits, Scott. You're not going to do it. <laughs> Britney's oh, is I, mine. I need the wing thing? No. Brit yes. Britney Spears rescheduled two shows this weekend as a result of her onstage accident. On the bright side, she did demonstrate that she was a true pro by not missing a single note while falling to the floor and spraining her ankle. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I don't care, Scott. I don't care. Jeez. Now it's your yeah. turn, buddy. Final Megan. Oh, I love talking about it. Oh, you. I timed it. Vital Vegas, possibly the best website ever. No one argues that. 
clothing, is reporting that in preparation for magician Matt Franco's residency at the property, the Link Hotel will close their showroom for the majority of June to renovate. He's the guy who, he was, the, I think, the first magician to, to win America's Got Talent. He's got kind of a little younger skew to him and kind of a, uh, he's kind of like a less doofy uh, mind freak guy. And lastly, while still embarrassingly late to the gay marriage party, Vegas reaffirmed our faith that it doesn't support outright homophobic bigot pieces of shit with the news that Duck Commander the Musical is closing at Rio May 17. In a statement, idiot producers left open the possibility of residency in other cities to the rest of the world. You got next. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that one came as a big shocker. I, I think that from now on, legislators should just say the only homophobic bigot pieces of shit are the ones that own restaurants like Chick-fil-A. Fair They're enough. the only ones allowed to be in Nevada. You gotta make a quality piece of chicken is what it boils down to. Next up, it's Playing Vegas. is a portion of the show where we share with you touring acts and artists performing next week in Las Vegas. Starting us off, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, Brian Carey is at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $55. Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, Journey is performing at Joint at the Hard Rock. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $60. Journey. Oh, Sherry, I love... Oh. What do they sing again? I don't know, but I'm going to make that your ringtone now. <laughs> Journey, what? Give me one hit, they said. That was one of them, wasn't it? Or was that was that Perry? Yeah, that's my joke was that it was the wrong song. Oh, that it's Perry. I'm trying to think of something <laughs> actually. Well, the problem is Steve Perry's songs sound exactly like Journey songs. He did Don't Stop Believin', Journey. That's, that's the monster hit, right? What? Don't Stop Believin'. Don't Stop O'Shea-Ray. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that's what it works. Next up, Vegas Deals. Vegas Deals is the portion of the show where we share deals. We aren't a creative crew. <laughs> All right. See Frank for free. Our sponsor wants you to see Frank Sinatra for free just because you are clearly smart enough to listen to this show and should be rewarded for such activities. So, in one of my Mirage baseball caps, I have the names, and the winner is... Oh, yes. All right. April Strong is the winner of two tickets to see Frank for free. April, we will send you an email. These are, of course, digital, and you know, we, we roll like that, so, because it's technology. It's, it's us. I don't know where I'm rambling with that. April, you won. We'll send you the fucking tickets. Enjoy your show, and we would love if you would send us an audio review via your smartphone. Just email the audio to us and see what you think of the Frank Sinatra Tribute Act at Venetian. 
Congratulations. Well, if you don't like it, then I'm going to play it on the podcast. That's not true. You can sing it all you want. You're, you're insanely charming is the problem, Scott. That's the, that's the problem. But I, I, I will refute you. I have, I have a tiny amount of, of self-restraint when it comes to you. <laughs> the audience loved Frank when I saw it. They gave him a standing ovation. I'm psyched because it's one of those things where I was excited to see the Elvis show. Hopefully it'll still be there when I have the opportunity to go. But this is another one of those things that being a guy that loves Vegas, obviously I, I, I'm a pup in relationship to when he was actually performing there. So I'm super stoked to be able to see this because uh, not only are we, we giving tickets away, but we're actually going to go enjoy the show so we can do a 360 Vegas review on it. And, and hopefully... I'd like to believe this is the closest I'll ever get to experience what it was actually like. So hopefully it's a quality performance. I'm looking forward to it. I look forward to hearing your review. Next up, coming attractions. Coming attractions is a part of the show where we share acts and artists outside of the usual residencies performing in Las Vegas in the future. Now you get to plug for me. Ooh, you can support the show when you shop at Vegas.com and get discounted prices on shows, nightclubs, flights, and just about everything Vegas, including a best price guarantee that will alert you if room rates fall below what you paid. Just go to 360VegasPodcast.com Click on one of the banners and go about your purchase. 360Vegas and Vegas.com. Everything you need to get ready for your next trip to Vegas. Slipknot is headlining the Summer's Last Stand Tour featuring Lamb of God, Bullet of My Valentine, and more. Are performing at MGM Resort Village Friday, August 28th. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $52. I've so been into Slipknot lately. And, I, and it's so weird. Like, I'm one of those guys that, I like... Some people are like, oh, you listen to aggressive music and you've got rage issues. You're like, why would you do that? It's just encouraging it. Like, it's the exact opposite. Like, I listen to really heavy, heavy metal stuff and it just calms me down. I can't really explain it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) My my torture is other people's entertainment, so that's my gift to the world. (laughs) Counting Crows is performing at the Boulevard Pool at Cosmopolitan Saturday, October 3rd. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $72. Mark Anthony performs at Mandalay Bay Events Center Monday, September 14. Show starts at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at $88. Brian Adams is performing at Mandalay Bay May 16th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $47. I listen to Brian Adams to let out my stress. (laughs) (laughs) Sublime featuring Rome is performing at Mandalay Beach Friday, May 22nd. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at $57. Kevin Hart is performing at Mandalay Bay. Well, we got a theme going here. <laughs> Mandalay Bay Event Center, Saturday and Sunday, May 22nd and 23rd. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $50. 2015 Billboard Music Awards are at MGM Grand on Sunday, May 17th. Show starts at 5 p.m. Tickets are 95 bucks. Okay, one of the things I get a kick out of doing this show is that I'm regarded as a member of the media. Do you get to enjoy things like the Billboard Music Awards because you are also a member of the media? Uh, no, I do not get invited to things. No? That's... They don't really love... Um, they like the media that regurgitates their uh, news release. Yes. That's, that's why you and I... That. That's I tend to not, and so there are entire swaths 
of the strip, uh, especially that do not invite me to things. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> it's one of the first things I tell all of our potential advertisers. Like, I have to be honest with you. Odds are, if I haven't already made fun of you, I will in the future. But just know, it's all out of love, <laughs> all right? I yeah. teased the shit out of my little sister when I was a kid, and I loved the hell out of her. So <laughs> just just know that some, some uh, accept that quite well. Some do not. Yeah. A lot of companies don't quite. Oh, no, no. we really we, grasping the whole idea of that. It's more valuable for someone in social media to have an audience that trusts them. Yes. Rather than having, being someone who just kind of trumpets everything because if everything is great you question everything yes absolutely absolutely speaking of Bette Midler is performing at MGM Grand Friday May 22nd (laughs) the show starts at 8 o'clock tickets start at $107 Metal Meltdown featuring Twisted Sister Extreme Skid Row and Great White wow four performers you literally couldn't pay me to go see they are at the joint at Hard Rock, May 30th. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $61. Come on, Twisted Sister. That guy's funny. Okay, okay. Maybe him. Maybe him. Cool. Tonic and Vertical Horizon are performing at the Fremont Street Experience Saturday, May 30. The show starts at 9 p.m. Admission is free! And lastly, vocal impressionist Veronique DeClaire is done with her European tour and has returned to Bally's to resume her residency. Shows are at 9.30 on Thursdays, Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $45. For those of you unaware that she left, please disregard this information. (laughs) You know, Veronique is an interesting case. They bill her as a vocal impressionist. She's not really. She's a good singer, and that's the hook. But there's no vocal impressionating is just the least interesting part of her show. Yeah, I I think she's phenomenal. We've seen her before and just quite... Like, you hear impressionists and you think, oh, she's funny. But no, the thing is she can sing very similar to various artists that are are quite well-known in in the female genre, if that's such a thing. Yeah. Well, there's 50. She says it's like 50 impressions, but it's really three. And then they just slap... They slap different costumes on their back up dancers. But it's I'm not saying it's not good. I think it's what she's a great singer. Yeah. And she nails Celine hard. Yes, yes. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the show. I would recommend it to anybody. Don't forget you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on in our coming attractions calendar on the blog. Alright, let's check the river. And in this week's river, and let's be honest, anytime we have my boy Scott on, the river is vital insights. This is a man who is on the ground. He knows what's going on in Vegas. And my entire show was built around the idea of going, did you guys know this was happening in Vegas? Oh, this is so cool. So why don't you tell us some stuff about Riviera? First off, apparently a Vegas casino has snagged all of Riviera slot machines. Tell me about that. Yes. They're not ready to talk about it publicly yet, but I think it's interesting as its own news item that one casino will now have the God knows how many slot machines. Well, who is it? Come on, Scott. Exactly. Yo, you're not going to tell me. No, it's not a. It's not for public uh, consumption. God but damn. I just thought it was interesting that, so, that son of a bitch. Because I, I think people are curious about how all that happens. So one casino swooped in and got it. I think 
A lot are going to end up in a warehouse, but I think uh, the rest are going to be kind of integrated into their their casino floor. Is it and it'll be uh, quite the news story. Can you at least give me this? Is it in Vegas or is it in the in the country? Is it in Las? It is in Las Vegas. Yes. Wow! So a property we could visit. We, yes. If you were a huge Riviera fan and you love their slot machines, you could actually revisit all of them in in another Vegas property. Well, if they're in the, I think the bulk will end up in a in a warehouse. Well, well, yeah, I mean, whatever are available. Because we're assuming that every Vegas casino has uh, a full slate of well, existing slot machines. That's my understanding, and you cannot you cannot rebuke that because that'll that'll crush me. Uh, right. So they'll. So many will be in their warehouse. Yes. But they. But you'll see them cropping up. I trust in this casino in the very near future. All right. Fair enough. I assume a story at some point will will be released with your sources. Tis true. I, I respect you. And uh, there's a couple other Riviera items I thought were kind of interesting. So the other night when I was exploring, I end up on a in the roof area. And by the way, there all those people have kind of checked out. So like their security guys. I'm like, you know, where can I breach security? And he's like, you know, if you go up this elevator and up to the left and around the corner. So he sends me up on this area that's kind of uh, not really easily accessible. It's their their pool, uh, not the one that's that has water in it, but one that was only filled once. See, I, I was very aware of this. And, and, and not to burst your bubble here, Scott, but their security has been shit for several years because I, I have extensively photographed areas i promise you i'm not allowed to to yes. photograph but and i don't consider that shitty i consider that actually very sophisticated awesome. security i consider the shitty ones to be the ones who freak out when you take a picture of a freaking sign of a restaurant not even near the casino yeah. like jerry's nugget did yeah. They dragged me into the offices Get because the I took a picture of a restaurant sign. I will never go back there. Wow, I, I, I didn't know that. But yes, I, I was aware of this. Why don't you tell listeners who are not aware of the failed Riviera pool? Yes, well, it was filled once. It leaked onto the Baccarat tables down whoa, below. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, Scott. Uh, was... How could it leak on the Baccarat tables? Where is this pool located? I believe it's over the casino. It is, yes. If you look at any aerial photographs, whether it's Google Earth or maps, you can see there is clearly a pool that was intended to be on the roof of the casino, but no. <laughs> they couldn't get it to actually keep the water inside. Yes, yeah, so they were going to fill it with cement, but the structure was not built to handle that kind of weight, <laughs> so it, is, it has remained empty, and the great news is that the gate around it was left unlocked, so I now have commemorative tiles from the bottom oh, of the pool. Son of a bitch! At the Riviera. Oh, I gotta somehow pry one of those away from you. I, I would be happy, uh, happy to give you one at the going rate. Oh, that'd be. What is that? <laughs> hey, you charge me to download the podcast. You're paying I for charge nothing, Scott. Okay, so. The one thing I did notice as well, the door, a lot of the door numbers are missing on the room. This is so, fascinating. And if you have any of these, I will also pay for them. <laughs> they are. People, uh, I have heard guests and employees are stealing anything and everything that is not uh, nailed down. The Riviera has stopped ordering liquor uh, <laughs> and did so about uh, maybe two weeks ago. So if you're asking for your favorite brand and they don't have it, it's because they've stopped ordering it. They're working through their existing uh, inventory of liquor. Mm. And uh, it has been confirmed that the statue is moving to Planet Hollywood. It will be removed 
this Monday, the day the hotel closes at 9 a.m. Now let me ask you something about this guest theft because here's my issue. I'm and, I, and I'm not bragging about this. Uh, for some reason, uh, probably having an Italian mother that beat the shit out of me to, to get this into me. I, oh, listen, I don't want to over exaggerate. That was a joke. I don't want people to be like, oh, his mom fucking beat him. It's, that's <laughs> not the case. All right. Uh, the point I'm making is I can't steal things. I can't do it. I don't know what it is. Like, it, like I literally, and I'm not exaggerating, Scott, and I wish that I was. I like to collect various things in Vegas properties, and one of them happens to be the pens that they have in the rooms. Like, I have the shot glasses, the cards, the chips, and I, I like the pens as well. But for me, all those other things I can purchase. That's not an issue. The pens aren't really available. I have literally asked more than one property, where, where can I buy these pens? They're like, you, you, you mean the pens that are in your room? I'm like, yeah, like, just take them. I'm like, isn't that stealing? Like, just take the pens, you idiot. <laughs> No, those pens are considered promotional items. I, 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 I learned because I asked oh. a couple people, and they're like, just take the pens, you too. <laughs> That's cute, though. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm talking about people taking fixtures. Like, they're taking lamps, lamps and, and ashtray. Like, they're taking everything. See, if I could, I would do that, but I would need someone's permission is the problem. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm a t- well, that's adorable. No, thank you. <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, so, um, I've got I've got one for you that I'm interested about. Downtown well, Grand has a band on its casino floor. What is that all about? Yeah, I have not. I cannot remember that being the case anywhere else. You'll often see a lounge that's kind of adjoining the casino floor. Right, right. Where they'll have live entertainment. But the, but at Downtown Grand recently, they've built a stage, and there's a band playing in the casino. Uh, it was an actually, it was a very good band, I'm happy to say. They are, Downtown Grand has gone through a lot of changes recently in its management. Their PR company was fired, thank God, because they were kind of jerky. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've got a new PR company. They're actually much better. The uh, managers seem more serious. They're not, I have not seen the wheel of desperation out front trying to pull people in from Fremont Street lately. And this band is actually a great idea. My only question is, how do they get past this uh, entertainment tax? Because if you had to have a performer in your restaurant, you got to pay some huge percentage of the night's gross. Really? Yeah, like 10 or 15%. So if you, like, uh, I remember at the, um, you know, that fancy restaurant at the Paris, mm-hmm. they had a singer in there. They had to give her the boot because the whole restaurant had to pay 10 or 15% to in taxes because this young woman was singing on a microphone so and it's hit quite a few establishments where they've thought about having live entertainment around town but they get dinged so hard so i don't know how downtown grand they're either violating that law or it doesn't apply because it's a casino i don't know but it's a uh, i think it's a great addition to the casino because the music they play on their pa pa is the absolute worst in las vegas so the live music i actually enjoyed it quite a bit uh other downtown grand news they've i think you mentioned this that they've renamed their picnic area yeah. the, the the pool deck right uh, i do like fine. that pool deck but it's like 
just name it whatever and stick to it. It's so silly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I like that it says what it is. But I agree. Yeah. Just, just. Uh, and also, people that love Pizza Rock across from the downtown Grand, Little Tony's has opened at Palace Station, yeah. and uh, presumably it's a lot of the same stuff. So, really, uh, a big fan of of Pizza Rock. So it's another place, uh, even closer to the Strip. I, I would. I uh, well, I've I've always proclaimed that Secret Pizza is my favorite pizza. I would almost classify pizza rock in the category of gourmet pizza like it, it, it just takes it to a different level that you can't even really compare to other others I, i'm yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of pizza rock yeah the pizzeria at the cosmo is pretty good but there's nothing in vegas that can compare to to uh pizza rock i can't disagree and anybody else who opens or anybody else who revamps their pizza like um this Radio City Pizzeria, they recently did a revamp. It, it's, I'm sure it's perfectly fine, but if anything you compare to Pizza Rock, it, 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 they've ruined pizza in Las Vegas because <laughs> nothing else is as good. It is, there are it bigger is slices. There's a, the one at, at Planet Hollywood that has big slices. There's the Pizzeria at Cosmo, which is very popular as well, but nothing is even remotely in the realm of, of Pizza Rock. So my two cents Fair enough. so let's see what else we got more downtown stuff since i spent all my time down there <laughs> i poked my head into the construction at uh this new therapy bar yeah yeah this is supposed uh, to be in the uh the dollar store space right yeah it used to be a dollar store and it's gone through a couple of name changes but uh it is just a big empty room so that won't be around for a while and uh the uh there's a new burger place across from that flipping good burgers also mm-hmm. no progress i I stick my head in for a security breach, and there's nothing to breach. It's now, just is that, a big, empty is that, room. Is that discouraging information, or are they just taking their good old time? Well, I think, you know, I think we're kind of spoiled because on the Strip, they can turn around a restaurant in two months. Right. I mean, they can totally strip out a space and rebuild it again right, right, in, a, right. in a couple of months and, and have it look completely different and be, you know. But I don't know. Downtown is just a different... It's a little slower if it's not inside a casino. And so I think these are just, I don't know, they're just ambling along. Right, right. Not, not much news. All right, so here's some information that I'm interested in. Because I haven't participated in it yet, and I really need to. Because I've never tried a zip line before. And, it, and it's one of those things like, if I'm going to try it anywhere, clearly I'm going to do it in Las Vegas. It's Slotzilla's one-year anniversary. Yeah, it's a, it's a shocker. And I do work there, so that's the... The caveat, but I thought this was a worthy news item because it's a trip, it has, man. Time flies. Yeah, and the and the project was much delayed before I ever came on, so it's not my fault. Um, but <laughs> it finally opened on uh, I think it was uh, oh boy I don't I don't know I don't got a good memory about that, but it it hit its one year anniversary, and I think um, I mean it's changed kind of the energy of downtown because it's it's kind of a younger crowd that right, right. that often will be on there. And I think it's, um, I, I think it's kind of, uh, uh, I mean, it is the by far the most like number of people that have been on it on one zip line just because of how many per day they kind of churn through there. So I think it's a, I mean, it's an urban zip line which you don't often see. Right. It's clearly over, you know, a street that I have always loved, mm-hmm. and so it's. Um, I think the Zoom line, the upper line, didn't open until August, so that'll be another one. Year right, right, yeah. All right, now let's talk about Rock and Rio. Now, this is supposed to be a huge thing for not just 
the United States. I mean, fuck, it's the first year that Rock and Rio's outside of Rio, from my understanding. How is this working out? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's going to be big. I uh, There's a lot of reports that the ticket sales are really not meeting the expectations of the event producer. Really? Producers, yeah. Now, is this just um, slow rolling, or, or is it just not living up to the hype? Well, they were initially, I think it was widely reported that they were saying it could be up to 80,000 people a day. Right, right. And now it's, uh, the numbers that I've heard lately are in the more 30,000 range. Oh my God. So that's a lot of people, but that's a lot less than, uh, a lot less than what people thought. That's high roller-esque poor math. (laughs) Right. And And the way you can tell what the demand is, is the room rates. So that is a, over that period of time, the room rates have not spiked. Everybody thought they would. Uh, SLS was really pinning a lot of hopes to that event, and it really has just not driven. I I think part of that is there's just been a kind of an overall disappointment that the lineup is kind of, there's some big names on there, but not the kind of people they initially were looking at. Because the people I was about, talking to... Yeah, originally, were, it was like Rolling Stones and yes. just fucking giant names that were yeah. like, we're going to do this, and that didn't materialize. Nope. The, the people that I talked to, they said that was a lock. They said Bruce Spring, Springsteen was a lock and that the Rolling Stones were a lock. And then they come out with their list, and I'm like, where are these acts that are right, supposed right. to pull in this 80,000 a I day? Mean, they've got and names, they but not, that, not those kind of numbers. I, I totally agree with you. Like, I remember seeing it going, yeah, these are really good. I, I, this, isn't, this isn't what you're – this isn't epic the way you tried to sell that this was epic. It, this is just like, wow, this is going to be a really good festival. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it will be solid. I think it will bring a lot of people in, but I don't – there's, uh, you know, because uh, somebody had even said, like, why wouldn't the Riviera stay open long enough to be around for Rock and Rio? And I'm like, why would you pin it? Like, why would you do that? Why would you make any plans around Rock and Rio when it's it's going to be big? But it's like life is beautiful is big. And, and all these other, you know, the, there's just more festivals around. There's more uh, venues vying for these acts. So it's... I don't know. It's it's just not meeting expectations, and the rooms were expected to just be through the roof, like they have been for right, right. the Mayweather thing. Just hasn't happened. Now I've said this, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I, I just don't think SLS has hit the the stride that it hoped to hit. I have said that I don't I don't necessarily think SLS survives beyond Rock and Rio. I think they held on to the concept of. This is where we, we, we introduce ourselves to this massive 80,000 people a day crowd that were right there, and this is where we're going to stay. We're perfectly positioning ourselves for this. What are your thoughts on, on what happens should this continue to underperform and SLS doesn't pull in this massive crowd that, that I feel they've banked a whole lot on happening? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a little ridiculous that, that anybody would kind of you know, use a two weekend kind of one off event with another one not happening for another two years is kind of any any kind of business strategy or business plan. I mean right. even if you even if you blew it out of the water for those two weekends, that's not that's not enough to sustain you right. for a year. So I think they're um, in trouble, probably more than people know. I think 
even if they pull in tons of people during the festival, these people are not players. You know, the, you've got to fill, you've got to book the rooms, and you've got to have have your restaurants booming. Yeah. But talking about four days, or you know, whatever it ends up being, six days if you come early or, or leave late or whatever. So you have six really great days a year. I mean, that's not. I don't know what that is. So I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about SLS in the months to come. And I've heard some rumbling, but it, it's not really uh, responsible to say those at this at this juncture. All right, but see, I, I was, was going to pressure you on changes. that, but, but I, am, I am a gentleman who doesn't want to be a, a dick about this, but I, I am also concerned because, this, like I've said before, everything I say negative, I, I'm doing one of two things. I first and foremost trying to be funny, trying trying to entertain primarily my guest, you know, my my, my co-host, and, but mainly and, yourself. And secondly, no, <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and secondly, anything I say negative, I really do honestly hope that I'm wrong. I never want to see anything in Vegas fail. I'm so concerned about SLS. I just think everything that that we said, how is that going to work? I know you guys are saying this, but is that gonna like? It seems like all of that has come to fruition. But yeah. like I said, you're a man on the ground. I don't, I don't force that. And, and am I incorrect in in stating that your your significant other is still somehow affiliated with that property? She's not. Oh, she she has moved to the Palms. Okay. Okay. And um, but yeah, she uh, did their social media. Did a great job. And um, so I wouldn't. I would never reveal any confidences, but it's not a. I, I don't think it takes any kind of inside knowledge to know that that it's a. There's probably going to be some kind of shakeup. It will not close, but things are are going to be much different. Okay, so you are clearly a man in the know, and one of the, we we announced earlier in coming attractions that Vertical Horizon and Tonic are coming to Fremont Street Experience. Who else? is coming to the Fremont Street Experience for free. <laughs> uh, well, people seem to love these concerts, so I don't mind plugging them because uh, they're free. It's not like I'm making anything off it. So May 23rd, Casey and the Sunshine Band, free. I love that guy. I saw him perform at Paris, and he's... The guy uh, loves what he does, man. Yeah, he's still into it, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm learning more about Vertical Horizon and Tonic. They weren't anybody I recognized off the top of my head, but they had hits. <laughs> Uh, another one that has not been announced is that I'm, I think I'm giving you the exclusive here. So oh, congratulations. That exclusive. Uh, June 27, Smash Mouth and Toad the Wet Sprocket. Nice. And one that has not been reported anywhere. The Smash Mouth thing, I think they, if people really want to stay on top of our concerts, they should... Um, sign up for an alert on Polestar because Polestar seems to, to post these things even before the contracts are signed. And they're so, scooping everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to it's a good way to stay on top of it. But the uh, the one that hasn't been talked about is on September sixth, Kansas. It's a double bill with another great band, but Kansas will be there September sixth. So that's one that hasn't been carry on my wayward son. I don't know. <laughs> they had a few hits. Listen, Scott, you are more than welcome to scoop anything you would like on this show at any moment you want to share it. I will stop right, well, I'll float you the other ones as they, as they come out. There's a few that are confirmed. I think they, 
the theory is they want to have them all in a full schedule before they announce them. But right. obviously, these bands are not the best at keeping their yappers shut, so they'll sometimes post <laughs> it on their sites. There's no keeping it under wraps with social media, so I know. In this, trying to in this kind of age. for the main announcement, I think we want to have a full schedule, but. Scott, I, I, I would like to make it clear to anybody who will listen to our our, our show here that that <laughs> as as my brother, you are allowed to access my listeners anytime you would like, my friend. Especially, <laughs> especially when it becomes exclusive. <laughs> and they're free shows, so I know I don't see how you can beat it. You know these are how you guys pull that off uh, affordably. I I am in awe. Well, it's all these casino properties that well, are right everybody working together and, i and think it's there you know the fact that it's it's free and that they receive the some benefit from that it's still you know it's it's a rare opportunity to to see like headline right groups you know in in a context like downtown where you know you can pop in and out of a casino and have a drink and then go back out into the into the concert chaos it's just a fun you know I, I wasn't a big concert goer but i have to go to go to these now but i end up enjoying them just because the crowd energy is cool yeah like they they we had ario Speedwagon. i'm like what the hell who's gonna show up for that it was like twelve thousand people showed up <laughs> so they clearly have a following and i think a lot of these groups do too i mean everybody's gonna come and everybody's gonna know casey and the sunshine band's hits and you know everybody at least has had some hits there's so much more competition for these bands so these different venues are all vying for the same bands and uh there's even the this downtown event center across from the d the d yes, now and they're yes. they're gonna have more concerts so everybody's kind of vying for these groups and then you've got the the festivals um like life is beautiful did i tell you imagine dragons are probably gonna play it life is beautiful I, I i have read that that is that is highly speculated and and obviously makes perfect sense no, that's an exclusive. You got it. Okay, so. <laughs> listen, I will say, and people, listen, if you want to say, oh, it's because he's friends with Scott or fucking Fremont Street or whatever, it, listen, it doesn't matter. The one thing I've tried to do <laughs> in the three years the show has existed is be insanely honest with you. And I will not lie. What Fremont Street has done, I tend to find myself spending more time each trip spending time down there because it, you guys have earned it. It's, it's everything I wanted 360 Vegas Vacation to be when I originally came up with the idea is I want to share with people going, are you not familiar with this? Because if you aren't, you should be. And that's what I want to share with you. I come to Vegas. I research these things. I, I'm, I'm, I would like to think that I am light years ahead of a lot of people who, who love Vegas. And, and only because I'm just a, a history buff kind of guy. And, you know, you mix that with something that you love. And, and it's, an, it's an easy thing to, to spend some time on doing some extra research. And what Fremont Street has done, they, you, listen, I'm a capitalist at heart, so you have to earn my disposable income. Earned it in a big, bad way, man. Well done. <laughs> We're happy to, to accept it. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was interesting that LVCVA report, like the gaming was down on the strip, but, but up downtown. Like five percent, yeah. like it was down nine percent on the strip and up five percent downtown, and I think that reflects that feeling that you have. I mean, I don't, I don't push uh, Fremont Street or downtown because I work there. I 
played there. I that's where I went to play. I I like the value. Yes. I like the casinos being yeah. close together. I was never big on the free entertainment. I didn't really care. You know, I do that now as part of my job promoting that. But I I just like you know. And I, and if somebody thinks I'm only going to play at our partner casinos because I work there, they're nuts. I'm going to go to El Cortez. I'm going to go to Downtown Grand. I'm going to go to Plaza. I'm going to play in addition to our to those other favorite places that I have. I mean, I was playing Binion's before I before I even moved to Vegas. Yes. It was just yeah. like, give me something like gritty and old school where the waitresses have been there since 1905 and I'm having a good time. All right. Anything else you want to share with us? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, so we were talking about Graceland and Westgate. Well, yes. I found out recently, and I don't know how many people know this, probably a lot of people. I haven't talked to them. So at one time, the plan was to disassemble Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch and to move it and rebuild it in the parking lot of the Westgate Las Vegas. Oh, whoa, whoa. See, I heard of the dismantling and the reassembling in Las Vegas. Did not hear Westgate. Yeah. Well, I guess it wasn't the Westgate at the time. It was Las Vegas. Well, yeah, but regardless. But I think that... That's a pretty amazing, ambitious thing that almost happened. Yeah. Almost as interesting as when they almost built a full-sized uh, USS Enterprise. It's so funny you said that. That's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, wow, that's right up there with the USS Enterprise. Yeah, that's. I, I agree with you. I, I am, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to go into the details of whether he was a monstrous pedophile or what. But let's be honest. Out, outside of that evil thought. <laughs> <laughs> I should say that if I ever have a band, it is going to be named the Monstrous Pedophiles. Oh my God! Yes. So I, thank you for that. You're quite welcome. I would <laughs> proudly be the guy in the cliff notes going, "I came up with that. It was a joke." <laughs> so. All right, we're moving on because at some point the internet is going to be full of this podcast. So <laughs> that's going to do it for episode one six seven. Unbelievable. You and your, your partners and wives, and I cannot believe you guys have been married 20 years. She is the most patient person oh, ever. Oh, absolutely. I'm pretty sure there's an award coming her way. But I want to thank everybody for listening, especially because of uh, due to my rambling. And downloading the podcast, please support this podcast so that it will continue in, its, in all its glory. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, uh, do so on the blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. And if you want to send some feedback, do so. Written or audio, you can do it at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com and help others find the show by reviewing it on iTunes. Good, bad, or indifferent, but mainly good. We read all the iTunes reviews on the show. As a reminder, the 360 Vegas Vacation 2 is happening June 18 and 19 in the year 2015. For details about the planned itinerary, check out the 360 Vegas Vacation 2 tab on the blog. Don't regret not going. Regret what you did while you were there. TM. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to share with us, my friend? No, but thank you so much for having me on. Always. If you could please edit out all the the, um, racist, homophobic, uh, short-sighted, uh, and erroneous information, that would be fantastic. I will do what I can, sir, but ultimately entertainment is my primary goal. So oh, <laughs> if you're, funny while, if, if, if you're funny while doing any of those things, Scott, you, you, I'm leaving it. <laughs> 
always a pleasure to spend extended periods of time with you, and, and uh, I hope to have you back on the show many times. Thank you, and thank you for keeping the conversation going in, about Vegas and for uh, giving me uh, um, an opportunity to share these thoughts. I always appreciate hearing what you think about this stuff, even when I can't hang out with you and drink while we're doing it. Oh, thank you, friend. All right, for the rest of you, we'll see you next week. Maybe, maybe we'll see you next week. You'll hear something from us. Yeah.